0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Brothers and sisters, our Lord today says to his disciples, this is now in the, in the Last Supper. So this is the context of it. They're at the Last Supper at table with Jesus, and Jesus says to them, a little while and you will see me no more, again a little while and you will see me. And eventually he says, while I'm gone, you will be sorrowful and the world will rejoice until I see you again and when you see me again your hearts will re- will rejoice and your joy no one will take your joy away from you so what does he mean by this and this is exactly what is on the mind of the disciples i think there's a double meaning here because this is at the last supper jesus is about to be uh, arrested and then he will endure his passion and then die on the cross in which case the disciples will no longer see jesus until He rises from the dead on the third day, and they will see him again, and they will rejoice. But the double meaning, that's the first level of the meaning. The second level, I think, is when Jesus says, because I go to the Father. And we know that this is a reference to Jesus' ascension. Jesus, 40 days after the resurrection, ascends to God the Father. He ascends into heaven, and now we don't see him the way we would have had he been walking with us day in and day out, as he did with his disciples. Until he comes again at the second coming, when Jesus, at the end of time, when Jesus comes back again and he grabs every member of his church to himself for all of eternity, then our hearts will rejoice and no one will be able to take our joy away from us. So there's a double meaning going on here. It's striking, though, what Jesus says in the gospel. You will weep and lament and the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy." This is a saying that Jesus says to us not in a philosophical sense where he's just kind of inquiring or he's just kind of having a dialogue with us like, oh, maybe this is going to happen. Maybe this is possible. If this happens, then this will happen. There's no contingencies here. This is something that Jesus says will happen. It's inevitable. Why? Because for the Christian, for the one that is baptized, for the one that is a follower of Christ, the heart of that one that follows Christ inclines towards Jesus, gravitates towards Jesus, is kind of at a loss, at a feeling of loss when Jesus is not around or when one feels far from Christ. Because Jesus is the source of one's joy when one is a follower of Christ. One understands, a Christian understands. That there's no higher good than Jesus Christ Himself. As opposed to what Jesus says about the world the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful. What is the joy of the world versus the joy of the Christian? You know, we live in a very political climate, I mean, and it's very heated, and it's been this way for many years now. And I'm sure you're all aware of uh, how it is. For example, when uh, Donald Trump was elected president, many people were online just kind of like losing their minds in a sense. They were screaming, they were yelling, they were uh, kind of ruined their life. They went into all kinds of anxiety and depression and all these things happened and it's that's what happened when he was elected and then when Joe Biden was elected the same thing happened essentially on the, from the other side. And it's just whatever side of the aisle you're on, it doesn't really matter. The, the point is, When one has invested his heart into politics, and then politics doesn't go your way, that's a little bit too bad. And you see how these people react to uh, political political circumstances that don't go the way they want them to go. Their lives are kind of ruined, they're kind of crushed. And this is sad to look at, because so much of oneself is invested in something that's so fleeting. And when it flees away, so does that, that person's heart with them. Now we can apply this to politics you can apply this to many other things. Because when Jesus says the world will rejoice, we can decide if we want to play one side or the other side. Either we can rejoice with the world or we can be sorrowful with Christ and with those who are looking forward to the second coming of Jesus, those who are looking forward to being united with Christ for all of eternity. Either we can rejoice with the world or we can make the sacrifices and allow ourselves to feel the pain and do the service that is required of waiting for Christ to come and fulfill our hearts such that no one can take our joy away from us. But if we decide that we're going to rejoice with the world, guaranteed, it's going to be a fleeting joy. And when a Republican is happy that Donald Trump is elected president and their heart is full of joy and so on, it's going to last you for four years. And when a Democrat when a Democrat's heart is totally rejoicing and is so happy and is just kind of over the moon because a Democrat is elected to the presidency. Yeah, that's just as fleeting as well. That's only going to last a few years as well. And when somebody that has put his heart into treasures, into the luxuries of this world, and he feels very comfortable, and he buys a beautiful house and he gets a beautiful car and many people praise him for it, that's fleeting as well. So we can decide that we're going to rejoice with the world, but we have to understand that joy is very fleeting. It goes away very quickly. And thus, it is not real joy at all. It is not joy that is proper to the human heart, because the human heart desires a joy that that lasts for all of eternity. We are made for that. Jesus says in another part of the Gospel, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, what that means is, what you value is where you're going to invest yourself. But if what we value above all things is limited, then our hearts are going to be limited as well. If what we value above all things is small and fleeting, then our very selves, which we are investing ourselves into, is going to be small and fleeting as well, and it's going to go away. Jesus says, you will, the world will rejoice, and that joy will last for a very short time. You will be sorrowful though, but your sorrow will turn into joy. This is a matter of fact for Christ, it's not up for debate. Why would we be sorrowful then? Well, on the one hand, it's because Jesus has gone away, and we wait to be united to him for all of eternity. On the other hand, real Christian spirituality has something about the feelings about it. We do rejoice when we find ourselves close to God. We do feel good about that. But that's not the point. Real Christian spirituality is a striving after virtue, is a, a formation of the self after the person of Christ. It is reforming ourselves and converting our hearts day after day and the difficulty that comes with that and the sacrifices that are required that comes with that. And the exhaustion and, the, and the, the fatigue that comes with offering service to God in the form of serving one another, in the form of true love. That's why it's, uh, this doesn't happen every year. I, I don't think it's ever happened in my priesthood, to be honest. But that this uh, gospel reading lands on Mother's Day is actually really nice because Jesus compares uh, the spiritual life, our journey in this life onto, uh, into heaven, he compares it to a woman in labor, which is apparently a very painful process. And what Jesus says about it is that when the woman gives birth, and I've heard this from women before, my sister has told me this, when the woman gives birth, she forgets, immediately forgets, all the pain that she went through leading up to the birth of the child. Because of the joy, the joy is so great that it is overshadowed completely all the pain that came before it and so much so that it's just forgotten about. This is a great image. For Jesus, this is a really good image of the spiritual life. And it's something that we can hold on to, remember, and hope for when we go through our trials and when we go through our suffering, that if we endure, if we persevere in the spiritual life, the joy will be given to us such that everything else that came before it, all the suffering that came before it, will seem as but a shadow. That's why Jesus compares these two together. But something like motherhood, any form of service, and especially in this case motherhood, is not something that ends with giving birth. It's something that is perpetuated into the life of the child because the mother continues to invest herself into the life of the child. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And a mother's mother's heart, a mother's treasure is her children. And that's where her heart resides as well. And you know what? It pays back. Because in offering service to God, in fulfilling our vocation that God has set out for us by serving one another in such an extreme way, God rewards us with great joy. And one of the great images that I uh, have seen before that I really like were these two aspects, good Christian spirituality in the form of motherhood, true motherhood, where these two are brought together is in this painting by a Russian painter of... Uh, the Virgin Mary and the child Jesus. It's not one of these very heavenly images. No, it's pretty dark, actually. And Jesus is a baby, and he's just doing what babies do. He's playing with a string around his fingers and around his toes and things like that, and he's just kind of laughing. And then you see the mother, uh, his mother, Mary, over on the side. She's just kind of laying down against the wall, absolutely exhausted. She, her clothes are messed up. Her hair is messed up. She is absolutely exhausted. And she just looks like she needs to take a nap, and she cannot. But she has exhausted herself in service to her baby, Jesus. This is the symbol of motherhood. This is also the symbol of Christian spirituality, real Christian spirituality, getting exhausted, going through the difficulty of of daily life, offering it up to God and enduring it because we're hoping for something greater, waiting for something greater, waiting for that day where Jesus will tell us, that he's uniting himself to us, and he's giving us a joy that no one will be able to take from us. So brothers and sisters, let us get exhausted for God. Let us get tired in service to one another in love. Let us endure. Let us persevere. Let us keep going in love, in service to one another, and offering it up to God. This is our salvation. And the difficulty is the reward, because the difficulty is what gives it value. The difficulty is what gives it its meaning and its substance. So to all the mothers today on Mother's Day that have been exhausted for their children, that have gotten tired for your kids, I'm sorry, and happy Mother's Day, God bless you all. The way uh, the the sacrifice and the service that Christ offered on the the cross has renewed and has redeemed the world, so your sacrifice and your exhaustion on uh, serving other people keeps the world moving. God bless you all.